What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. 98.5, this is Weekdays with Mike. Good morning. Joining me in the studio today is going to be Paul Maher, who is from Consumer Protection. Uh, Paul is the General Manager of Compliance and Conciliation, and he is here with me in the studio to talk about a couple of timely tenancy issues. Good morning, Paul, and welcome back. Nice yeah. to see you Hi, again. Hi, Mike. Yeah, it's been a little while. It has been a little while. You're still, uh, you're still there busy at Consumer Protection? Yeah, still kicking on. Very good. Now, firstly, uh, I mentioned the tenancy issues, but firstly, you've got a warning about a new rent scam. Please tell us more. Uh, yeah. Um, two people were searching for rentals um, and basically lost a bit over $23,000 after scammers um, hacked into a, a couple of real estate agencies' uh, email accounts. No. Nah, terrible. $23,500. It's a lot of money. Wow. So we're, we're investigating at the moment. Um, two prospective tenants received a fake email purporting to be from the agency saying that they'd been successful with their rental applications, gave them instructions on, on where to forward the, the bond and oh, wow. the rent in advance to a bank, and that bank was controlled by the scammers. Okay. Um, one of those uh, tenants was a, an international arrival to Perth, and we need workers here. And yeah, uh, yeah. and unfortunately, his first experience was waiting for a rental, being told that he had the rental, um, made several payments amounting to a bit over thirteen thousand um, dollars. The scammer told him that uh, there was a COVID outbreak in the office, which prevented him from getting the keys there. And and so after that initial payment, the scammer came back with demands for more money. Oh no! Uh, wow. And the second person was a woman relocating from a regional area, paid a bit over $10,000 following an email exchange um, with someone masquerading as a property manager, also sent personal and financial information as well as ID documents. Wow. What are the impacts, Paul, with, with a situation like this? Uh, look, it's alarming, uh, these cases, every time that they happen, and it's really prompted us to urgently warn potential tenants to be cautious when communicating and transacting online. Um, scammers prey on people in vulnerable positions, um, such as at the moment. You know, rental properties are like hen's teeth. Yeah, um, that's right. And so it's a very tight market. And, of course, the victims are devastated when they learn that uh, the property's not there, that they've lost their money. Um, and in this case, the victim's facing further expenses in hotel accommodation until they can actually find a property. Yeah. In past examples, the victims have been left homeless and um, had no money left to even pay for another property. That is so bad. What about some other rent scams? Can you update us on a few of those? Sure. Look, in most scams, prospective tenants get fake, uh, see fake adverts that they respond to, you know, rental wanted or on classified sites um, where the scammers are pretending to be landlords with vacant homes that wow. they've got for lease. Um, in the first six months of this year, we've received 30 reports of these sorts of scams. Um, 16 victims have, have lost a bit over $25,000 as a result. Goodness me. Um, hopeful tenants are usually sent pictures of the property. They answer a couple of questions and then voila, they're informed that they're the successful applicant. Mm, Lucky, to, yeah, happy days. Yeah. But uh, scammers will often also tell them that they've, uh, they're overseas at the moment or interstate and can't physically uh, get the keys to them. And so, really, they they say, well, you know, pay the money in that up front and I'll arrange for the keys to be left outside somewhere, f- somewhere for you. So, yeah. um, you could say the the tenants are, uh, tenants are currently living in the property as well, so maybe you can just drive by and have a look at it from the outside. So, of course, yeah. Um, and people in desperate situations, you know, who, who are desperate to mm. find a, a rental at the moment, uh, unfortunately, we're... we're 
too trusting sometimes. Here we are. Paul, what's your advice with all of this then, if you're looking for rental? Um, on, on the back of this, we recommend that people make phone contact with a property manager. So uh, you would have made your application, you've got their business card, you've had their, their legitimate emails and your first contacts with them. Mm. Ring them, double check the bank account details before you make any payment. So if you get an email demand for payment, don't trust it. It only takes five minutes to call and say, hey, I got this email from you telling me that this is the bank details. Yeah. A, did you send me an email? And B, is this a correct account number? Sending personal and financial information such as ID, etc., really you're putting yourself at risk of identity theft. Um, so be very extra cautious um, when you're sending uh, information documents as well as money. Mm. Um, and also in these cases, we, we talk about uh, being demanded more money and more money. It's actually illegal for uh, a landlord to ask for more than four weeks' rent in advance and for... Um, uh, in two weeks rent yeah and yeah. Oh, sorry two Four weeks rent and and, and uh, the, the bond as well as a, a pet bond of no more than 260 bucks if there's a, a pet involved that's a good reminder actually because yeah so it's 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 been like that for a long time at the four weeks bond and and two weeks rent yes in in advance yeah you cannot be cannot demand more than that now a tenant can offer to pay more but a landlord or a a property manager, real estate agent cannot demand more than two weeks' rent in advance. So you couldn't make so a landlord or a, an owner couldn't make that a condition. No. Okay. Oh, no. the the only extra would be a pet bond. And yeah, if they've got a pet that needs to move in, there's there's a yeah. set amount for a pet bond to be okay. paid. Paul, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Kinda talk to you about some tips to avoid. You mentioned about the uh, the rental adverts. We'll come back and talk about that next. You're on ninety eight five. Good morning. We're on 98.5 Weekdays with Mike. Paul Maher is with me from Consumer Protection. We've been chatting about some of the uh, the rental the rental scams. Paul, can you share some tips on to it? You mentioned um, a lot of people put up fake rental adverts. I would imagine they'd be hard to they'd be hard to pick. What's some of the tips to avoid fake rental adverts? Okay, um, be suspicious of properties that are rented well below the current rental rate. You okay. know, as well as everyone's looking for a bargain. If you yeah. know that if you know it's five hundred dollars a week and someone's looking to to rent something out at three hundred dollars a week in in a suburb you know doesn't rent at that rate, Hello. then you've got to be a little bit suspicious. Mm-hmm. Start looking at other things. Yep. Don't rely solely on the photos that have been provided to you. Do a reverse image search so you could copy the photo, whack it into Google Images, and it'll tell you where that that original image came from. Really? Yeah, so if it's been sourced from a, a, a different website or someone else's website. Didn't know that. Um, search the address okay. online. You know, The property may already be listed with another agency, and that's a thing that scammers will often do as well. If, Copy it. Well, if if you know you've driven past you know, 123 Main Street mm. and it's got a Felice sign out the front, you know it's for rent. So yep. they'll just put a fake ad up, even though it's already advertised for the, the proper real estate agency, because you're not going to put two and two together that it's actually not for rent. You know it's for rent. So you've, you've done the drive-by? Done the, oh, yeah, it, it, it's for rent. Oh, here's, yeah. here's that listing for that property we drove past. Oh, great. Um, wow, okay. And yet it's already listed with a proper licensed real estate agent. Righty eye. So um, just just check that the property that that this person is is advertising for rent isn't already advertised by somebody else. And that's not hard to check either. No, okay. no. Just take an extra mm. couple of minutes doing yep. a little bit of googling. Yep, yep. Um, only deal with landlords you can meet face to face or go through a licensed real estate agent. You know that removes some of the risk. If you you're dealing face to face with someone, there's less chance that they're the prince of Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. So um, you know it's not to say that there are, there are not scammers that that live in our neighbourhoods. Yeah, there are. 
Um, but it's just uh, one on a big list of tips mm. that I'm providing today that sort of removes some suspicion, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Good advice. Um, inspect the property prior to signing a lease or paying any money. You know, if someone's got their, their property for rent, even if there is a tenant in there, particularly if you're going through a real estate agent, they will normally negotiate with the existing tenant to allow you to go through and inspect the property. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was not always possible, but you should try and do that so yeah. that you know that it's a real property, you know that it's empty and that it is going to be vacant and that it does suit your needs. Before you release any Before any, you any sign money. anything. Yeah, yep. okay. Ensure that you get the keys and a copy of the signed lease agreement as well uh, in exchange for the funds. So, you know, sit in the real estate agent's office, transfer the money as they're handing you the keys, etc. That's, that's um, good advice as yeah, well. Even with the landlord, yeah. you know, make sure that, that uh, you're in possession of the property or able to take immediate possession of the property once you've handed these things over. Mm. Uh, be careful if you're asked to pay by direct bank transfer as well, unless the payment's going to a, a licensed real estate agent. But that would be pretty common though, wouldn't it? Would, would most um, people yeah. pay via a um, like a, a just a transfer that's right they would and, and I guess we go back to some of the other advice that we provide is if you get an and this is where a lot of the scams happen you'll get an email saying oh here's the new bank details you need to pay this now yep don't do that don't respond to that email go back to an original email you've had go to the website where you where you found the agent or look it up and and phone that person and say hey I just got this email from you telling yeah. me to pay the money today into this bank account did you send me that email? Is this the correct bank account? Is this the correct amount of money? Mm. Dot those eyes, five-minute phone call, and you'll yeah. save a, a, a lot of grief. Because so, the, the pressure's on. As you mentioned earlier, Paul, in this current market where people are scrambling for rentals, yeah. it's, it's easy not to do all of these checks, right? Because yeah. they just want, people just want to get a home, and yep. we, we don't look at the detail. Well, you know, as soon as someone says, yes, you've got the property, euphoria sets in, and you think, That's oh, it. oh my, I've secured a property. Yep. You know, me, my family, we're going to be safe for a while. We've, we've got a tenancy now. And then everything else is just in, you know, a little bit of cloudy uh, mm. mist because oh, they're just details that you take care of very, very quickly to make yeah. things happen, where in actual fact, that's the riskiest part of it all. Yep. Now, if anyone's got any doubt whatsoever, just contact WA Scamnet, 1300 30, 40, 54. Talk through the circumstances and we can give you a little bit of guidance as to whether you should be suspicious of, of that contact or not. Paul, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to chat about, uh, going to change, we're going to change gears and talk about ceilings and ceilings that collapse yes. if you're in a rental. Keen to talk about that. Back after Van Morrison. 98.5 weekdays with Mike. Paul Mars with me from Consumer Protection. We've been chatting about tenant scenes and uh, a lot of fake ads going around for rentals. Uh, Paul, before we get into ceilings, we've still got some more messages coming through. Lawrence from Joondalup, thank you for your text message. It says, I'm currently applying for rentals for my father. How safe are the online application forms that you must fill in with all the details. And I think they've got an automatic signature on some of those as well. Yeah. Are, they, are they safe? Yeah, look, we're, we're aware of a lot of those things that, that agents um, and the more sophisticated private landlords use these days. Yep. Um, it, it just, it's a lot easier than relying on a lot of emails uh, running uh. around back and forth. It also reduces the, the risk of those emails being intercepted because all of this happens within the environment of a an app, if you like. So essentially, you fill the form in, yep. it goes to the agent, it goes to the landlord to sign, it comes back to you to sign, and then back to the agent sort of thing. And it all just happens in that, that one uh, little cloud, if you like. Nice. Um, and the, there's no sort of 
opportunity for interference elsewhere. So from our perspective, the ones that we're aware of are, yep. are, f are secure and it's very quick because you just get an SMS to say, okay, this is ready for you to sign. You take your link oh, and that. Right. Um, okay. Whereas most of the scammers rely on sending you a form to fill in and mm. you emailing it directly back rather than it being part of a, a more complicated uh, uh, application process. There we go. If yeah. you're unsure, then uh, if you've applied through an agent, then ring the agent and say, hey, I've just got this message with a link to this particular app to do my application. Is this yours? Is it safe? Um, and get that assurance directly from the person who has sent that to you. Peace of mind, Lawrence. Thank you for your great question, that, and thank you for uh, confirming that too, Paul. Just to finish off today, uh, ceiling collapses. Winter rain and storms can obviously put our homes at risk of damage, so there's a warning for tenants and landlords not to let a stressed ceiling go over their heads. Yeah. Tell us more about this. Um, look, the sudden ceiling collapses happen from time to time, and it can... Mm turn a really comfortable home into an absolute disaster zone for, for people um, with potential for serious injury and significant damage to, to you know your property and your possessions. Yeah. Um, we recently became aware of a couple of tenants who'd been given seven days notice to vacate the property uh, following the collapse of a, a ceiling in their living room. Um, and so we thought it was a really good time to remind tenants and landlords and property managers, A, that a seven-day termination notice is unlawful. The only time that you can get someone out very quickly is where someone like the the local health, um, local government has been in to inspect the property to mm. say this is unfit for human habitation oh, and that you need to get out. Right. Um, so, so, like, so if it was a separate room and you could still live in the others. That's right. As long as it can be made safe, Yep. Um, which is really the key thing here, it, it's classed as an urgent repair. So okay. if, for a tenant, you know, if you see the warning signs of a, of a ceiling that might be about to give way, um, then it's important for you to alert your, the landlord or the agent. So any loud cracking sounds or if you can see some visual cracking at all, mm. if there's a bit of sagging or, or dropping of the plasterboard or the, the cornices, um, or as, as I know I've seen over the years, the yeah. little circles and blisters that oh, appear on the yes. ceiling where Not the good. nail pops, where it's just yep. starting to push its way through that nail. <laughs> Really good time to to get on the front foot and, and report it so that something can be done to prevent that ceiling from collapsing. Mm. What are the um, what are the landlord's responsibilities here, Paul? Um, look, they need to respond to such reports and ensure that the necessary repairs are undertaken to prevent a collapse. Mm. Okay, it's their property, and they should have an interest in it. It's probably going to cost them more money to fix it in the end rather True. than to uh, just maintain it. Mm. Uh, if the ceiling does collapse, landlords are legally responsible for bringing it back to a livable condition. And they must initiate any urgent repairs within 48 hours. Wow, 48 hours? Yeah. Try, try getting a tradie within 40. Uh, no. Well, the, like I, mean, I said, the, the thing, and, and the, one of these particular cases here, you know, they did come out straight away. They yep. put the... the, um, the oh, the, the supports. The, the support yeah. beams and all that up there to ensure that the, seal, the rest of the ceiling didn't collapse or that, you know, that it was made safe. Yep. Um, but as you said, try getting a tradie. And it, it may yeah. still take a little bit of time to get somebody in to repair that damage. Mm. Now, should the landlord or the agent fail to respond to a written request for repairs within a reasonable time, then a tenant can serve a breach notice on them. And if the issue continues to be ignored, then an application can be made to the magistrate's court pretty quickly for an order to be made where the magistrate will say these repairs have to be undertaken by a certain time. So what happens with paying rent? What Okay, when it's important that you continue to pay rent. You can't just say, okay. no, I'm not going to pay rent because then you're actually in breach yourself for not paying <laughs> right, rent. Of course. So pay your rent still until you can resolve the problem. However, what you should be able to do is negotiate with your agent and the landlord in the first place or if need be, bring it up with a magistrate and say, look, 
I don't have my lounge room or my kitchen or this isn't working anymore. Mm. Um, I want to pay less rent than I am now because I am not receiving the full enjoyment of the property. I don't have access to all of the amenities that I'm renting here. So rather than paying $400 a week rent, can I pay $300 a week rent until this is repaired? Reasonable. Yeah. What about damage to people's possessions? I guess there's two things here. Uh, it's it's not always affordable for some tenants, but we do encourage people to get contents insurance. Yeah. You know, they are your contents, and if if you lose those, then then it causes you a few other grief, uh, mm. a little bit more grief to try and um, replace those. However, if the damage is caused by a fault in the building, such as a lack of maintenance, then the tenant can decide to seek compensation from the landlord through the courts as well. Okay. So if the ceiling if you did report it or if the ceiling has collapsed through no fault of your own, um, then the landlord is potentially liable for any damage uh, or replacement um, or repair to your possessions. Righty-o. And if in doubt, the best thing to do, Paul? Is contact Consumer Protection, mate. <laughs> 1300 30 40 54. And, uh, and you've got a good team there. And, and the good thing is we, we are calling someone here in WA. We are. We're not calling a call centre that's overseas. You're talking to a local person here in WA. You are indeed. Which is so good. Thanks for your time, Paul. No worries, Mike. Thanks, listeners. My guest in the studio today has been Paul Maher from Consumer Protection. Paul is the General Manager of Compliance and Conciliation, and uh, we've been chatting about all of the tenancy issues plus the ceiling issues today here on 98.5. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia, or visit the website 98five.com.